This episode is brought to you by our Hosting Handbook mini course. Whether you already started hosting your first Airbnb or you're still trying to soak up as much knowledge as you can, this course is the ultimate cheat sheet. It can transform your hosting from hobby to business. Get our coveted templates that include your welcome book, a turnover handbook, and supply closet spreadsheet, plus other great bonuses you don't want to miss. Our hosting handbook is usually priced at $297, but for a very limited time, you can get all of this for a special price of $27. Head to www.thanksforvisiting.me forward slash hosting handbook to get instant access. Now on to the show. You're listening to the Thanks for Visiting podcast. We believe hosting with heart is at the core of every successful short-term rental. With Annette's background in business operation and Sarah's extensive hospitality management and interior design experience, this dynamic duo has welcomed more than 2,000 guests from 25 countries, earning them over half a million dollars and garnering them over 650 five-star reviews. Now they're ready to share creative ways for your listing to stand out, to serve your guests and be profitable. Each episode will have knowledgeable guests who bring value to the short-term rental industry, or Annette and Sarah will share stories about their own experiences so you can implement actionable improvements to your own rentals. Whether you're experienced, new, or nervous to start your own short-term rental, we promise you'll feel right at home. Here are your hosts, Annette and Sarah. Hey, listeners, welcome back. I am Sarah Karakayan. And I am Annette Grant. And we are, thanks for visiting. You guys, we had to redo that. You know we did. We're still separate. (laughs) We're still in different places. So we redid the intro. So we weren't obnoxiously trying to align our voices. But Annette, um, I'm so excited for today's show. Me too, Sarah. I actually think we had to do a take two because we're so excited about (laughs) our guests that are on today. We are, um, yeah, Pumped, I guess, is like the one word I'm going to say. But let me, without further ado, and I'm going to do a real short intro because I want to hear all the things from our guests, Brad and Heather. Brad is a general contractor and broker, and Heather is a designer. And they are a married couple who own Fox Homes and Realty and Foxwell Design. And they were crazy enough to take on their first short-term vacation rental, drum roll, while filming an HGTV show. Welcome to the show, Brad and Heather. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yes. Bye. Oh, I think I should add listeners. Not, I mean, there's going to be a lot of crazy in this episode, but we want to thank <laughs> Brad and Heather because they are coming to us live from their car today because they needed a, <laughs> that was their quiet space to work. <laughs> Any parent of small children fully understands. <laughs> <laughs> Real life right now. Well, and and I want to layer on one more um, precursor to this story, but then when then we'll shut up. Not only were they starting their short term rental while they were filming an HGTV show, but it wasn't in the same state as they were filming. I don't think Correct. so. It's just Correct. all the insanity. Um, yep. Without further ado, if you guys could just let us know who you are, what you're up to, and then take us on that crazy journey of starting your short term rental in in California. Sure. Okay. So Brad and I, like you said, we own a real estate company, which kind of like through that, we started doing uh, projects. We started flipping some of our own homes. And then we're like, well, hey, we should probably just become a general contractor. So we did that about 
five or so years ago. So for the past 15 years, we've kind of been like living and breathing real estate, renovation, design. And it's been our lives. We love it. Our kids love it. It's just, you know, kind of all encompassing. And we started, we had a few rentals here, uh, more like longer term. And then we decided like short term rental was really the next thing on our bucket list because we fell in love uh, during a visit to Palm Springs about. Well, that was also five years ago. Oh, yeah, four, four, yeah, four or five something. years ago, yeah. Uh, we fell in love with it and we went back like every year. We'd go a few times and we looked at the amount of money we were spending every time we would rent a house that would fit us. And my mom would often go with us. And sometimes Brad's mom would come. We'd have friends come and stay over, you know, we'd go over New Year's because that tends to be a pretty slow time in the real estate industry. So we'd take this long trip and we'd have friends come and stay. So we liked having something big. And man, I mean, it was like we were spending a huge chunk of change renting houses every time we went. So we decided like, hey, this is a this makes a total this makes total sense for us to buy a house here. We can use it when we're in town and then rent it out. So we kind of our wheels started turning. So Brad is a very well researched man in everything he does. And he researched for Two years straight, yeah, probably. probably. Yep, yep. <laughs> I saw and in the, the bio. You really researched that long in one location, Brad. Yeah. So here's <laughs> the thing. I mean, a, a lot of this was born out of our love for Palm Springs, like Heather said. Okay. Really fell in love with that. I love history. I love architecture. That place has both in very rich form. I, so it was not a chore to go research that stuff. It was very fun for me. And Heather would catch me at like, you know, midnight, one o'clock on my phone, like researching. She's like, are you going to go to sleep? And I'm just like, I'm, just, I'm enjoying it, right? And I think that that, you know, as a first time short-term rental, you've got to have some passion because it, you know, it's not, they're not always the most uh, enjoyable thing. It's a lot of maintenance, a lot of work. Um, so that really helped this one be, you know, well worth it for us. Right. So. It is like the passion factor too, right? And I think, especially for your first one, and you guys know this better than anyone, like it is a lot of work and figuring out the rules and regulations and laws and everything that you can do. So that's where that really helps that Brad likes the research side of things <laughs> <Yeah. Yep. laughs> because that is such a big undertaking. Yeah. And that, I want to pause there for a second, Brad, on the research because that is why our listeners come to us as the authority, as the experts. And when you were, were researching, is that exactly where you started? Was with the rules and regulations or did you start more with the design and the and the location? Can you kind of talk to our listeners about how your research, you know, unfolded for you? That's a great, that's a great question. Um, and the way that I'm wired is I'm rules and regulations first. <laughs> okay. Because I don't want to get my hopes up if we can't make something work. And um I think it is, you know, it, it's it's kind of city to city as to how they handle these short-term rentals throughout the country. Mm-hmm. And um, even even within the Coachella Valley, which for listeners is like kind of the surrounding area of Palm Springs, California, um, you know, city to city allowed short-term rentals and others didn't. And then if they did, there were different rules for how that could be handled. How many days are a minimum for a booking? What are the taxes? and the fees and the regulations, all that stuff. I, I mean, I needed to know all that so that my dreams wouldn't be squashed later down the road. You know, then as we were house hunting and, and planning the project, we needed to know which cities, which areas we could be in. And it's... it's um, Palm Springs, I think, because it has so many vacation rentals and it's such a huge vacation hotspot, there's a lot of rules. Like, it's, it's very well-regulated. 
there's pages and pages. There's a concierge that has to meet at every single property, no matter the level. You have to have someone meet at the property to check someone in, meet at the property to check someone out. So there's just tons of rules. And when we first started looking, there's a suburb that you know is right next to Palm Springs that we found this great house in. And then we found out that even though it was literally blocks from Palm Springs proper, we wouldn't have an option to do any short-term rentals. I think it was like 90 days was the lower, well, 30 days. Was the lower. Uh, yeah, it was like, it was 28 days. So basically one month at a time was their idea of a short-term. So, you know, and it's hard to make the numbers work for that. So that was not a good fit for us. And we, we had to carry on. I think we ended up in a much more amazing situation than we thought we were going to anyways. So everything happens for a reason. But, um, but yeah, I would say rules and regulations first, <laughs> in my opinion. No, that's great. How do you how do you guys feel about the concierge aspect? I feel like listeners are like, wait, what? You know, you have to meet them and before when they check in and check out. Does that make you feel more comfortable though, knowing that you're not you, you didn't just make up this rule for your short-term rental? Every short-term rental in Palm Springs proper has to follow this protocol. So it kind of gives the guest peace of mind and maybe even you peace of mind that um, there's something special about connecting with someone who's entering the property, which we don't really do much anymore. In, in our area, guests kind of just want to check in on their own with a smart lock. They don't want to talk to you. They don't want to see you. <laughs> and that's right. that's about it. Well, I think we got... A, we got very lucky with who we found. Um, Marshall is our uh, concierge. It, you know That sounds fancy, but that's essentially a property manager for us. Um, we are in Minneapolis, so being away and uh, ten thousand miles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I think it's honestly a win-win. And 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 Heather and I are not ever really um, afraid by expenses. We just need to account for them, right? So you just have to go into it knowing that you've got to account for that expense. We've got a gardener, we've got a uh, a pool guy, we've got um, uh, you know, there's it's in the desert, so we have someone spray for insects. I mean, there's all these things that we just learned about desert living that we in you know in Minneapolis in the north didn't really know about. And I think, you know, I tell sometimes I tell people like, well, here's what our overhead is for this property. And they're like blown away by that. But you know, and, and I get it's a lot of money and there's a lot of overhead. But at the same time, as long as the numbers add up, it's you know, it's all good. Yeah. So you just account for those things on the front end. And then honestly, like I handle all the booking and the marketing um, online between uh, Verbo and Airbnb and Homeway. And really, once we kind of get those contracts out, the bookings come in, then I don't have to do much. That because we have we have to hire those people, they take care of everything from there. So it's you know it's more expense, but if you can make it up in your rental rates and uh, you know account for all that, then actually it's much easier in the end. And we just got like Brad said, super lucky. Our um, property manager, concierge, the the fancy term, is awesome, and he's such a great advocate for us and. We like him so much, and you know it's just a really good relationship. So I think that's the big thing: is if you are going to do a rental that's two thousand miles away from your house, is finding the right people that you like and trust, and have your best interest in mind too. Like you know, a, a, a real relationship, I guess. Right. How did you find him being so far away? I think that's another question people always have. It's like, how do you run a short-term rental? You know, states away when you're not there. How do you find those boots in the ground that you trust? Yeah. It's a great question. So, I mean, obviously you could find... I mean, I think in most cities, uh, there's a lot of real estate brokerages that are uh, licensed and able to do property management in general. So you could maybe find someone that's already doing rental properties uh, management and see if they have a short-term option. For us, we got really lucky because he was one of the concierge 
uh, people that checked us into a property. And we just immediately felt comfortable. So good. And we just were like, wow, this guy is so nice. And I just got to talking with him. I was like, hey, how does this work? What do you, you know, do you work? Is this, you know, just ask a bunch of questions. Turns out he's just, you know, real simple fee and you pay him per month. And then he checks people in, checks people out. And he says, give them my number. You don't have to do anything while they're there. Um, so, I mean, honestly, it was a lot of luck. But I think that that could be, that could be acquired for anyone, really, just with some research and calling around. And, um, you know, and, and he has to go to the house every time they check in, check out, of course. But I don't think he really has to go there too often. And hopefully that's what you want. <laughs> you don't want to have right. renters with a lot of maintenance. But, um, you, know, it, I, you know, it could be a pretty straightforward position for someone. And, and I think he's got... How many other houses is he? A have? lot. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I feel like our our situation might be a little bit different than some, just because Palm Springs is like yeah. a very heavy a amount industry. of of rental properties. Right. So it's pretty. There's a lot of people there that make it their career to to you know be a property manager. And I feel like if you're somewhere like Minneapolis, maybe that's a little bit harder to find the right person. But somewhere like that, that's just there's so many options. Yeah. Yeah. And and a lot of the options that we were initially looking at were like property managers that really take over everything. So they do all the booking, they do all the communicating, they do absolutely everything. But then there's a pretty high... It's like 20-25% right. of whatever yeah. booking that they take. And we were like, well, because currently this is our only one, let's see what we can do and see if we can kind of self-manage it and just have someone, like you said, boots on the ground that they're helping us. Um, and it's worked out really well so far. So I feel like we have some friends that have properties there um, or a property, sorry, there that they have a management company that just kind of takes over everything. And for them, that works. And for us, this works. So I think it's just person to person. I love that. And that's... that's Because it, there is no one black and white, cut and dry way. We get questions all the time. Like, well, how... you know, We can say how we've done or how it's worked for us. But that's also why I'm obsessed with doing this podcast because... I get shown so many other different ways of doing the same thing and it just works for people depending on your situation. Right. Yep. All right. So I kind of cut I cut you off, Heather, a long time ago. But so you guys are researching uh, and Brad's, you know, deep into the rabbit hole of Palm Springs <laughs> and short-term rentals. I mean, let's be honest. Brad's researching. I'm looking at pictures of pretty houses. <laughs> you're, you're on Pinterest. He's on some like Reddit rabbit hole. And <laughs> yeah. right. All right. When do we decide to pull the trigger and then take us through pulling the trigger and then the HGTV show? How, how does all of this start? Give us the timeline of how these things are happening. The <laughs> yeah, research we, is done. You're making correct. some decisions. The house hunting began. We, at that point, did not know about anything with HGTV. So this was all sort of started a little before that. It all was kind it, of... Was it like... I, I feel like when we were doing our pilot, which is just like one episode, you know, there's days of filming, but it's not. it wasn't like in... Like our whole life wasn't wrapped around in it. It's kind of when we were like... Is that when we Yeah, we were dabbling. Yeah. And, but we weren't doing TV full time. No. So that at the time, we didn't realize like it was going to be you know, consuming. So we were started to house hunt. And, you know, my, our approach for the house hunting was obviously for ourselves, but also it needs to be walkable to restaurants and it should be walkable to like an ice cream shop. And, the, you know, the more of those things you can find, the bigger bonus, both for us, since we're going to use it as a vacation home, and we have two little kids, but also just for renters, you want those amenities nearby. So we did have a little bit of that search set up. 
for our particular search, we wanted something architecturally significant, both for us. And I think it's a great feature that can be and has proven to be uh, a huge asset for the booking. Because I think the more distinct your home is and Mm -hmm. the more immersive it is for the renter, because if they're going to go to Palm Springs, they want to immerse themselves in Palm Springs for the week. And to just throw one little point in there too, like that was really important to us. And because we had been renting there for like three years or so before we actually like purchased the house that we were moving forward with, it was really, really challenging to find something architecturally significant that we looked at and we wanted to go spend a week or two in with our family and just like, you know, well designed, beautiful, that also accepted kids and was family friendly. So that's the other interesting thing about Palm Springs is that a lot of those houses that are really architecturally significant and beautiful just don't allow kids. They're, they are There's a no-go. And we would email people and we'd be like, listen, we will pay an extra deposit. Like our kids are... They're not going to break stuff. Like we, you know, we're not going to let them jump on the furniture. And they would still say like, nope, our policy is no kids. So we started this journey like, we want to have something architectural significant, architecturally significant, and we also want to have something that's totally family friendly. So if someone comes with four kids, like we want to embrace that. We want them to come in and have everything they need. So we have a stroller and a high chair and a crib and all of it's hidden away. So if you come for a girls' weekend or um, you know, like of all adults, no big deal. Like you don't have to look at any of the kids' stuff, but every single thing is there because people who travel, like we've traveled with our kids so often that can like make your vacation so much better and so much easier. I love that. I and so I, I love have you, you gotten have you gotten messages too from potential guests mentioning like oh my gosh you guys accept kids like is that an asset do you think for your listing? Absolutely and we definitely in our you know branding and marketing it's definitely we lead with that. I mean that's a big thing because I think you know like parents want to go and have a cool vacation but they don't necessarily want to leave their kids at home all the time and I think that was a a missing, it was a missing offering in the market. As we were looking, we just kept saying like, cool people have kids too. Like, we're cool. Can um, Brad and Heather, I feel we're doing our um, listeners an injustice. Let's tell them where they can look at you guys, this house. You're going to be like, that's a kid-friendly house. Like, it's amazing. All the things are amazing. So do you want to tell them the best place on Instagram right now to find your home? Because they will be drooling the rest of the episode. Yeah, they can listen while they uh, (laughs) scroll. scroll. Yeah. it's uh, Eichler Palms uh, on Instagram, just at Eichler Palms, and it's E I C H L E R. And then we can give you the story about Eichler as well. Um, yeah, let's do that. But so that's kind of where we ended up during our home search. We came across a, and also EichlerPalms.com if you want, because the website has all those things too. Um, so we came across a developer in Palm Springs that had linked up with the family of Joseph Eichler. And Eichler, Joseph Eichler was a, a builder developer in the 50s and 60s. And his whole approach was he wanted to bring architecturally significant homes to the masses. And so he made make these... Make more affordable. Make them more affordable, make them more approachable. So there's a few different track uh, communities in California, mostly uh, Southern California, one in more Northern California. And, um, th- but it was kind of a blip. Like, they started, they, they did this for maybe five to eight years and then they went away and they are so distinct that there's like kind of a, an architectural following around 
um, this builder. And so, but, but he had never built in um, Palm Springs, even though Palm Springs is really a mecca for mid-century modern architecture and just really progressive design from the mid-century. And so um, this developer had linked up with the family to try to potentially license those plans and rebuild them now as brand new homes. And so once we read about that, <laughs> we were like, oh my gosh, this is like, these are our two worlds colliding where we can do something with construction and design, have something brand new, really crafted exactly how we want, but it can be something that's architecturally significant and has a story behind it. And I really think that from the short-term rental side of things, again, you want to immerse in wherever you are, but also having something distinct about the property really helps the booking because it sets you aside from all the other bookings that are out there. Like They may have nice furnishings, but if you've got something really interesting that they really have to go try out, it's really... Our our booking has been um, fantastic. And I think that's a big part of it. Oh, I'm sure it is. Okay. Okay. Get back to the timeline. So... Yep. Where did we even so, leave off? They, they're so we find, yep. on this, so we, the so we find this, Magic. we find the developer and he says, I've got these properties. He had built out four of them and we missed the boat. And to be quite honest, they were a little bit pricier than what we had planned on. We kind of went into this like, oh, let's just get a you know three bedroom, two bath. It'll be a beautiful house. We get a pool. It'll be great. And we're like, oh, maybe we need four. Maybe we, you know, so then it just it <laughs> snowballed. It snowballed. Uh-huh. It, you know, that's blending what we would like versus what renters would like. But the nice thing is that we are the demographic. So every, we, what we realized was everything we wanted will actually rent as well because there's other people out there. So we hooked up with this developer. Essentially, a lot opened up that wasn't supposed to open up. The, it was like pure luck, truly. Was, yeah. yeah. So he said, let's do this. I got this lot. Let's build this house. We can. You know, and then um, so the stars aligned, and we signed on the dotted line, put our deposit down, and now we were starting the build process. And that was around the time that we also found out that we were going to get a show on HGTV, and we're like, "Oh, this will be fine, no big deal. They're going to be done with the house in six months." And that didn't happen. It went long, as construction tends to do. So we sort of found ourselves um, and Heather. We were literally shooting. We would stop shooting. Heather would have to make some phone calls. We'd have to line up some tile. And Heather did some really, really cool stuff and some really great collaborations with a lot of the local Minneapolis companies that we know. And But it would literally be, we'd shoot, we, like we'd be shooting and we would get a phone call, have to put out a fire in that's happening down in California on the build. And then the crew would just kind of laugh because it had nothing to do with the show, but they're just like, oh, we're so sorry you're doing all this at one time. So it got a little complicated, but you know, we really wanted to dial in those decisions because we really needed to like make this kind of as much of a maintenance-free home as we could because we knew it would get some wear and tear, but also keep the style and the aesthetic. I mean, I can't even imagine because it's like, (laughs) even if you were doing your short-term rental in Minneapolis while filming, that would be bonkers. But just the fact that you had to trust people who were, you know, like were states away like that, that's great. So, So what, was there anything truly dramatic that happened either at the property or like any point in time where you like lost control? Or was it pretty like, because you have a history with running projects that you kind of knew how this could go? I mean, sure, I'm sure there were high tense moments, but was it, was it truly insane or was it, it manageable? I think it was. Um, I think to some people, it may have been truly insane. But I think at the time... We had kind of like lost our minds a little bit with just like how busy we were. So our threshold of like 
have, being able to to care about little things that were happening or problems that were happening was kind of like non-existent. So we just <laughs> didn't, if that makes sense. So it was kind of weird where it was almost like this this blessing because we weren't really able to micromanage the project and I still was able to do everything I needed from a design. They nailed all of the selections that I sent, all the tile. Like, I feel like we were... Uh, I'd spend a lot of nights at like midnight kind of preparing like spec sheets so that they had everything that they needed and photos and getting it all together. But I, I mean, I feel like it kind of just all worked out. The only drama came in the fact that we had locked into a loan program that was all set. We were all good. And then our build took almost twice as long as it was supposed to. It was twice, twice as long. So Ouch. by the time our project completed, the loan program that we were planning to do no longer existed. They actually totally took away the loan program. It was just like not even an option for anyone. So then we had to like kind of scramble and come up with something different. And that is one interesting thing, right? About buying a vacation rental is that you do have to like figure out the financing for it. <laughs> right. So small detail. Small detail. So um it was, you know, it all worked out just fine, but we ended up having to put more money down for the loan program than we had planned. So it's like those just those unexpected things. And it wouldn't have happened had we just been buying a property that was completed. It really was kind of the build process, I think, that complicated that. So I don't think it's something that most people probably have to worry about too much because usually loan programs don't just disappear. <laughs> but you know, it's it was a an added stressor for sure. But um, we made it somehow. I mean, really, 2019. I don't really know how we made it through, and then here we are, <laughs> 2020. I'm like, what the heck? Like, what is this? For for Heather and I, we're like, we made it through 2019. That was the craziest year of our lives, and 2020 is going to be awesome. It, it's it's still great, but it's and we all we all know what 2020 is. So when yeah. did when did you officially open Eichler Palms for your first guest, or were you the first guests? Yeah, good question. Okay, so to add to the craziness, we didn't talk about this yet. There's this thing in Palm Springs called Modernism Week, which is this big kind of like show home thing, and they do this really cool thing where they open up these houses that are architecturally significant built in the 50s and 60s and they have some really cool you know things about them and there's probably I don't know like 50 houses on tour or so like that something like that and it's it's fun people like flock from all over the world really like a hundred thousand um, people come to wow. Palm Springs yeah it's so like check it out and we had known about it we'd never gone so the crazy part in addition to this is we signed on to be not just a house on this show week, but we designed we signed on to be the social house. So we were the house where all of like the parties and the talks oh were happening. Gosh, right. Um so it was kind of this added stress of like we knew that the design was gonna be like the the finishes were gonna be nailed, right? Because like the team there was doing an awesome job with the tile, with the countertops, the cabinetry, the floor, like everything was was turning out great. But then the interesting part was we had to have it fully furnished and not just furnished, but like Show every home. piece of like art and decor and flowers that like so there was just a um that was definitely the added stress so we were the first ones to stay there it was during the the modernism week um but the really interesting thing is that because we were the house that like people were coming through and there was things happening we had to be out of the house at 6 a.m <laughs> and this is california time we're used to minnesota time so it's like 4 a.m our normal time. And we had to be like out of the house and ready for the day at 6am. So we stayed there, but I will say it was not probably the most relaxing stay. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
so oh, you were technically my god. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this is you guys are just. I, I, your plates are like spinning. I have this vision of you guys. I'm gonna have to do like a yeah. guess of where you're just standing there juggling. It's it's <laughs> kind of what plates. we always do. It's kind of yeah. It's kind of normal for us. So I think anyone else would have probably crawled into the fetal position under their you know desk. But <laughs> right. It's just. It just is what it is. And we just kind of roll with the punches. But so, you know, and then you go back to the regulation. So we got it all done. We got on to Modernism Week. That was in February of 19. Yep. And then we had to wait 30 days for the city to approve the rental uh, license permit or the license. And so then that took a month. So then really it was like March um, of last year that we first started um, actually uh, welcoming guests and having, having it out there. Amazing. With um, could you get? Did you get any inquiries from Modern Modernism Week for potential guests? We did. Yeah, yeah. we did. Yep. I think that was a big help. I think we had uh, how many people came through the house? I have in, no idea. I think they said it's, <laughs> I it's like thousands of people ended up going through the house, and so that was a really nice. You know, we couldn't really like overtly market that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's they wanted to be more subtle about that, but. I think honestly, Instagram has been huge for us, and that's kind of paired with the whole Modernism Week. We get associated a lot with that because it's on Instagram. So I think that Instagram has been a huge marketing um, angle for us in our home because it is sort of visually interesting and it plays really well on Instagram. So I think that kind of blends with the Modernism Week because we're in a lot of their posts and stuff. So that definitely helps. Do you ask? Ah. We, Sarah and I talk about this a lot with our listeners about how important that is. Do you encourage your guests? to use a hashtag or to tag your home? Do you do that like via a welcome book or do you, you know, do you ask them to do that? Yeah. Does it just naturally happen? That's a good question. So I have tried that. Um, I haven't really had a lot of success with it actually, which is a little interesting. I didn't see that coming. Um, I've got a postcard, a really nice postcard made front and back, full color photos. And it's got all of the cool photos and I made it sort of look like Instagram-y and hip. And then I put all of our stuff on there and hope, you know, assuming that they're kind of spread out through the house, little piles of those things. And, you know, to be honest with you, we haven't had a ton of people posting and hashtagging, oddly enough. I mean, we do get about, I'd say it's about half as many as I would think. And we kind of gently ask, but, you know, our, our, our demographic is if it's a whole bunch of like a bachelorette party, those, those gals, <laughs> younger gals will do it for right. sure. But a lot of times we'll get like, 40s and 50 year olds, like four or five couples go through there and stay and they're just not, you know, that's not their, that's not their thing. So, um, which is fine, you know? Yeah. I think, I think it works either way, but but it's up to us to really like push that Instagram angle. Do you guys get a lot of celebrities? Do you have anyone who's pretty fancy who stayed at your short term rental? And do you treat them any differently than a regular guest? (laughs) <laughs> That's yeah, interesting question. We so we had um, last year during Coachella, um, the first it's two it's two different weekends. We had the first weekend Google actually booked the house for. Um, wow. I don't know. I just don't know exactly. Throw, hey Brad, just throw that name out there. Google. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. Does that count as? Uh, yes, that counts. <laughs> so so that was a little bit interesting, and and then the following weekend, but but no real special instructions for that. I think it was just like a. A, you know, a group was sent there. Not a big deal. Um, the next weekend was actually uh, a group of French models and uh, influencers from from France. They were and all influencers. Influencers. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. And with whatever, like, whatever that means, really. Yeah. Exactly. Like, you know. But yeah. In in France. Um, so 
they had a lot of instructions that we could not geotag, we could not tag them. They're basically there. We could not disclose their location. Um, oh wow! So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I think you know, and maybe that's legitimate. I don't know. I kind of had sure. a chuckle about it, and I'm like, well, that's fine. Okay. So we couldn't really use any of their photos, but they, their, uh, you know, their accounts were public, and they were at the house. It was kind of fun to see all their, you know, their take on the house and all the influencer photos that came out of that. But we we couldn't reuse them, and we couldn't tag them. So sure, there were, sure. There were some other like we've had a few other. I think especially because of like the big. Um, concerts and stuff like some other brands like clothing brands that have rented the house out and then they'll host like little party kind of things and it's been fun to watch that but yeah not I, we i mean we haven't had uh you know brad pitt hasn't stayed at our house or anything <laughs> yeah. if well, he did we fully welcome him yes do uh we ask sarah and i talk about this a lot on the show also when you have a google or you know let's say someone is wanting to have a party or a larger event or a corporate event do you alter your pricing structure for those particular instances? Yeah, so that's a good, that's a great question. So there's what's called, and we have a little background of this uh, on the TV side, blending the two. There's, it's called a location fee, and I think people renting out their spaces should be aware of this. You should charge more for those, and you should call it a location fee because in the production world, they know that they know there's going to be a fee, but they will go, they'll send interns around Airbnb. And they'll try to book it for the night, thinking that they can just take the nightly rate for one night, go in there and shoot their commercial and save a ton of money. So that is definitely a real thing. We've had we have some friends in Palm Springs with homes that have that's happened to them before, and they'll see like full on production in their backyard by the pool, and they're like, "Well, hold on a second, that wasn't supposed to be three hundred and fifty dollars." Well, and that's right. the thing with that is we have a clause in our rental agreement, so that it calls it out. That you can't do without written permission from us. You can't do any like. Of course, you can take videos of like your family, but you can't do any commercials or you know commercial photography or any of that without written permission. So, so I've got I've got two questions out of that. One being, you said you have a like a, con, a rental contract, but you also book through Airbnb and Verbo. So how does that work? Do, do guests understand that once they book? Congratulations, but you still have to sign a rental agreement once they arrive. Or how does that work for you guys? Yeah, that's exactly right. So we have it in our in our listing. It's very clear that they have to do that. And then we've sort of built out this contract with all the little details that we've learned over the time we've had it, and just you know more um, like insurance purposes, things like that. So we've kind of got that all. And honestly, we've never had anyone question it. They all sign it and send it back, and there hasn't been a problem that's at all. Great. And then since you don't... I know you guys visit Palm Springs a lot, so that might be your in. But since you're not there all the time, or what, what advice would you give to people who don't really know the market that well? How did you nail down or how do you continue to nail down your pricing? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I, I look at the comps. I guess I'm a real estate guy. So I go on Verbo and Airbnb and I just kind of see what other similar offerings are going for. And obviously, mm-hmm. you don't know. You can look at their calendar and try to get... it. It's not the most... <laughs> Perfect science in the world, but but you know, like I, there's a very similar home, uh, one of the other Eichlers that rents out, and um, it's under ours. But I feel like we book more than they do, and I think that's just because we ramped up the style, we ramped up the finishes. It's five b- bedroom too, five bedroom. We have five, and they have four. So it's funny that you you know, but those little things can really set you apart because now all of a sudden our house 
sleeps 10 people instead of eight, you know? So if you're going with a few other couples or bringing extra, you know, kids with or whatever. So anything you can do like that too, to set you apart, like in all of Palm Springs, I think there's like 10 houses that have five bedrooms. Yeah. Um, wow. So that's kind of like one thing that, that pulls us. But uh, yeah, I mean, we, we'll just like go on online and look and see what other houses are renting for. And then I also think like, we always follow like, are we renting? Like are people renting our house? And we've dropped our rates before in the summer because obviously Palm Springs gets extremely hot in the summer. So we were like, well, we don't really know exactly what to ask for rent. So we kept it at our standard rental rate. And then we ended up dropping it down. And um, we booked almost every weekend with people coming from LA. Uh, so I think it's just also like, is it is it booking? If it's not, your rate's probably not right. Right. And if you're watching the calendar, if you're, you know, I usually do in the first week of the month, for the rest of the month, I drop the rate down. And it usually brings one or two bookings just by dropping that, you know, not too far, um, but enough to get under that next sort of major threshold or whatever it needs to be. So I, I, I've learned that I wasn't doing that for the first six months. And then I, tr- I kind of dabbled in that and it turned into one or two bookings a month. So it was kind of, it was worth the time to watch it. Do you do you have um, do you have minimum night stays on your property? We do. We try to get three, and then in the summer we go for two because again, it's it's really hot. We get a lot of people from LA and around California, so it's easier for them to just go for the weekend, two nights. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do drop that down, but you know, the peak season we want to try to get at least three nights. And overall, thus far in your time of hosting, you said that you use Airbnb, Verbo, and HomeAway. Do you yep. use any other platforms and do you find one of them performing the best for you? Yeah, that's um, I, we, we don't use any other platforms other than like marketing through Instagram and then kind of directing them back to um, HomeAway is what I prefer, I think, actually, as, a, as a, an owner. Okay. I feel like the system works better, in my opinion, but that's just my taste. I think that Airbnb is a little more renter focused, which is fine. Um, and I think that it's more in their favor unless there were, they've kind of adjusted some things, but um, it was a lot trickier to um, handle fees and, and be more flexible on Airbnb before. Again, they've kind of maybe switched that a little bit, but I do think overall for our home, it's called an estate. They call it in Palm Springs, just the five bedroom. And I think having a big house at a maybe a higher rate will do better on Verbo and HomeAway. That's what I've found. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, it, whenever we drop our pricing down, we get Airbnb bookings. And I think it's just, you know, younger, hipper crowd, maybe not quite as big of a budget. They're probably cruising Airbnb all the time. But, you know, the full, you know, the big house at like, you know, peak pricing, we usually don't get those booked out through Airbnb. All right, you guys, we're going to talk some numbers right now. Can we do this? Yeah. Do you care? Yeah. So I, That's fine. I am on your HomeAway right now. Okay. And just I, I well, first of all, listeners, this is great. Um, they have their own website. So first, I was at eichlerpalms.com, and their website. Uh, when you when you ch- when you click stay here, it redirects to the home away site, which is genius. And so I'm on home away right now, and it says one thousand one hundred fifteen dollars is the average night stay. Is that true? Yeah, that's actually a little low. Um, oh, we if you oh. average it out. That is, yeah. So we're, I'd say, twelve fifty a night is our is our base rate. Nice. Um, and then I go through and try to, um, again, just try to fine tune thirty days out. So we'll put, I'll put like nine ninety just okay. to get it under that thousand dollar mark uh, um, during the week, or even for the you know the rest of the month. So then it averages it out, and that's why that's kind of coming up that way, which is great. Oh, it I looks love more that. approachable. Yeah. 
Well, Sarah, we, we got to know this. So we have an event in Columbus, Ohio, where we can get, you know, maybe 3X, 4X, the normal nightly stay. When Coachella or an event like that is going on, how do you, do you 3X, 4X? What does that look like? And did you, do you just kind of, again, do you look at your market research there? How do you do those, that huge event when it comes in? Yeah, it's interesting because, and if you can get in the first wave of Coachella, it, it, it's really saturated. Everyone's got high rates. I, I would say it's twice. Twice okay. the cost. So if we're, we're, we're about twenty two to 2400 a night. But that's just so much money, right? <laughs> like, let's just be honest. That's just, but you know, you kind of have to try, right? And yeah. so what, we, what we experienced last time is we, we were, like I said, we didn't put it on the market until March. And Coachella's in April. So we were like late to the market. And we kind of got those last minute bookings. And I think that's where it, it worked well. We got 2200 a night um, for both those weekends. And then Stagecoach is another one. It's the third weekend of... You know, it goes Coachella for two weekends and a third weekend for um, that festival. But we got twenty two hundred a night for all three of those weekends. Ooh, um, love it! Yeah, it's you know, and and honestly, like to be, we've never spent that much on a rental. Uh, <laughs> like a vacation rental. I think the most we've ever spent with our family was like five or six hundred bucks a night. You know, <sighs> and that's to get a five bedroom home. But once you are in this, and you got to make up those costs and. You know, you've spent all this money to build it out. And if people are going to give you the money, you got to, you know, take it. Try to <laughs> take it. Yeah. This, this is great. Do you, do you find that you have people wanting to book with you because they had, like, they, they know of you too? We, we don't really advertise it as in that way. So I don't, we don't know of any that that's been the case. Sometimes people will like find us. After they find the house, and we of course have like tagged it, we've been there a bunch. Like we, it's you can figure it, it's, it out. If anyone who's like Instagram savvy could probably pretty easily <laughs> figure it out. But uh, no, I don't think so. Maybe, uh, maybe someday when we're gigantic HGTV celebrities. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's a weird thing because we want to like obviously help market the property that way, but we also go there, so we don't want any of the weird stuff maybe if that's gonna I don't know yeah. if that's gonna happen but you know so we've been a little cautious to do that um in the marketing I say that an HGTV designer designed the whole thing you know just to try to lend some of that credibility but we haven't really full throttled the you know our personality we, we did find out which made us laugh like so hard that we started crying uh <laughs> that a celebrity tour in Palm Springs drove by our house and was like claiming that we were celebrities, which is really hilarious to us because we're so far from it. But like they, I think the house is more a celebrity than we are. But uh, they they went through like we were one of the stops on their tour. Oh, <laughs> I love the- that. But you guys, I mean, what you do, you know, you like you said, Brad, like HGTV designer adds credibility, and then the fact that you're part of their community, and then you're part of this this like iconic network is 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 huge. So I I, I love that, and I hope. You know, um, uh, how so? How is that going? So uh, you had your first season. Did it end in 2019? I don't even know what where we're at. Yes. This, yeah. It, in this so calendar world. our last episode, <laughs> it was like the end of August through the end of October is when it aired, and then um, we kind of were in like this weird limbo, and then we were working on something else with uh, another sister network potentially, and um, then now we have found out we will be working on something with HGTV. Uh, we're kind of in the works of it now. Obviously, filming is a little bit tricky because we just Minnesota just lifted the stay-at-home order. Um, 
So we can't say too much yet, but there we we will be on HGTV again in the most likely in the fall. Late summer. Oh, fall. congrats. That's huge. that's so amazing. If people want to catch stay or sell, can they still catch it somewhere? You can. Um, I believe it's on the app and their website. And I think on Amazon you can go back and watch all of the well, you have past to buy episodes. It, so <laughs> Yeah, Amazon you have to buy it. I think, but I think with the app and a subscription to HGTV's app, maybe that would get you the past episodes. So fun. And our, so is it business as usual right now? And then once filming ramps up again, I'm assuming you have a team who helps you execute day to day. Yeah, we learned that. Uh, the first season, we did everything. Um, I was really <laughs> oh, running construction. Heather was running the design. We had, a, we had one intern when we started and then we quickly hired more people. Um, but it was all real. Like it was us. Like, when Heather stays till three o'clock in the morning, she really stayed till three o'clock in the morning. Like it's, it's nuts. So this time around, we'll uh, we'll staff up for sure. But it's it's everything you see on TV is real. In I fact, they that. make it look easy on TV, and then we're like, wow, they like me. Oh yeah, that. it's way worse. Yeah. Way worse. <laughs> Do you two have any advice or for our listeners who are get you know thinking about hosting or maybe taking on a property? I mean. That seems a little, a little out of their league, or just you know, getting into this journey and like, oh man, this is going to be a lot of work. What's your advice to people just getting started? I've got a couple things, and then I'll let Heather chime in as well. Of course, um, I would say run your numbers early and run them conservatively. Don't bank on the fact that you know this is going to be awesome. We're going to crush it. You know, just be real cautious. <laughs> Leave yourself some buffer. So you got the ups and downs, you know, like a global pandemic comes along. Right, sure. Weather that storm, <laughs> you know. Um, so that's the first thing. And then I would say what we did with all of our selections, and Heather can elaborate on this too, but is go, go big. You know, like if you're like we in our, you know, uh, Southern California vacation rental, we have a pool. Well, we increased the size of the pool. We did a saltwater system. We did better lights. We did a nice big spa. Like, you know, would we have had to do all those things? Maybe not. But I think that, and you always hesitate because you're looking, you're adding those back into the numbers. You, it will pay off. You need to go a, push yourself a little to that limit. Don't, you know, go crazy, but always go a little bit more than you think because it will pay off in the marketing because it'll help you stand out against the other listings that the renters are seeing. Oh, Annette, you know how happy that whole oh, yeah, thing I'm like, just Mike, made me. Mike, Brad's doing the <laughs> mic drop there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Heather, it really does. It really does matter. Yeah, Heather, yes, it does. Any suggestions? I, I would say, from my perspective, I think that investing in the right pieces. So once you once you actually get to this part, like when you're buying a couch, maybe don't buy the cheapest couch you can find because <laughs> then you're going to just end up replacing it in you know six months. So we we invested a good amount of money in furniture, but I feel extremely confident that it's going to last and hold up. And we bought it from Room and Board, which is a... a, They're actually local in Minnesota. So we used almost all local vendors for all of our tile, our lighting, uh, like really everything we could, all of our furniture. Actually, pretty much our whole house is Room and Board and then Target, which is also a Minnesota company. So I can say everything. Yeah. So, But it's like that mix of high-low, right? Like, a side cable, buy it from Target. Why not? Like that's awesome. That's not going to get the same amount of wear and tear as a mattress and a pillow and a couch. Like there's certain things I think you just have to invest in to make the you know make it great and someplace that people want to come back to. Like I love that. 
<laughs> we just hear so many people who come, maybe not our way, because we're, we're pretty vocal about how important all of what you just said is. But there are just people out there who throw things that are not quality. They're, they don't really go together. It's not really thought out just to get that income. And it's a nice short game maybe, but yeah. I assume you, you two are in this for the long haul. You, and even if, even if you weren't, you now have a business that you could sell off. You know, like it's a pretty yeah. uh, robust yeah. um, business that you can be proud of. So I love all that. And any itch, itches to get another uh, short-term rental property or is all is HGTV and your own business and one short-term rental states away? Is that enough for you? <laughs> uh, I'd say we differ on that depending who you ask. Um, okay. If I want to sleep at night, I would say we could maybe hold off a little bit. Heather's got four different ideas um, <laughs> always, but she, I think her next move is uh, Lake Home Ooh. in Northern Minnesota. Oh, and, nice. and, and Because again, here's what we did. We looked at the market around this area there's nothing interesting. There's nothing cool. There's nothing fun. So there's a you know a void in the market. And so we could create something like that. And then we could go enjoy it ourselves. It's also selfish because that's where my family is. So I'm like, we could have this big, awesome house. And then we could go spend you know weekends with our family uh, when we're not renting it out. So yeah. And I, I have lots of other ideas for places that I want to be. And then I have like this dream of like a small boutique hotel someday, which we found one in Palm Springs we were looking at. And then... An international pandemic came and actually Palm Springs is, is shut down from all rentals. Like everything is closed through June 18th at this point. So I'm very actually glad that that didn't work out quite when we... <laughs> but, yeah. um, one, yeah, one shut down vacation rental is enough for us yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really tough. We we were actually pretty fortunate here in Columbus that um they, they considered lodging to be essential and a lot of hotels decided not to open. So short-term rentals were... I would say thriving, but we we weren't down for the count. So how did you? And I know this might be a big question. I know we're kind of at time here, but um, sure. how did you? How are you dealing with that? Uh, is it just day by day? Is it? Is anyone staying there at all? Are you guys going there? How how did you make the best of it? Yeah, so we actually did go there. We had planned to go on our kids' spring break. Uh, we were going to go for a week, and then literally three days after we arrived they made all the announcements that basically everything was shutting down the country. And we had already flown to California. So uh, we sheltered in place in our California place, which is not the worst thing in the world. We were there for almost a month, actually. Yeah, it was almost a month because we figured, what's the difference? We can work from there. Um, All of our bookings canceled. So, you know, that's a bummer, obviously. We did have some... I I don't take profits out of that account yet because we're kind of early on. I think I'm glad we didn't do that. Um... So we have we we had enough to weather the storm for now. It's getting a little tight, you know. Now they, they are releasing the vacation uh, rentals mid June or possibly sooner. So I think we'll be fine. You know, we we just always sort of like roll with the punches, and it's nothing we're surprised by. We're actually um, kind of hopeful that you know everyone who's been stuck in LA, sheltering in place, and maybe they want a little weekend getaway, and it's only an hour hour and a half drive. So we're hoping that we get some bookings just from people who. You know, they don't want to fly maybe, but they're comfortable enough just to drive and come and stay in our house. So fingers crossed. Yeah, I love it. It's it'll we'll we'll get back to our new normal or to a new normal soon enough. And uh God, you guys, you guys are killing it. Annette, do you have any other any other questions? I don't. I just want to say thank you, but can you let our um do you have any other questions, Sarah? Because I think we can No, 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 I think, yeah. Where obviously listeners, you can tell these are two amazing humans. So where can our listeners get more from you, follow you too? 
good question. We so we have our own pages on on social media as well. So the uh, on Instagram is kind of probably our most active platform. Um, so Eichler Palms is our house, uh, and then Fox Homes MN is our uh, kind of our design driven page that shows our projects and talks about that. Um, and then through that, you can find both of our personal Brad M Fox and Heather Fox design, uh, which just kind of shows our. Once we get back to filming, it'll show more of that and our you know kid life and house life and all that stuff. Wonderful. Well, we can. Well, we're so, yeah, yeah. I, and I can't wait to see what you guys are working on. It sounds really exciting, um, listeners. Uh, I've kind of Heather. I don't even know how we got hooked on on Instagram, but I'm so glad that we did, and it means a lot to us that you hop in the on the podcast and we can't wait to see what's next for you guys. Oh, thank you so much for having us. We love talking about short-term rentals and Brad especially is like so passionate and like almost nerdy about it where someone asks and he's like, oh, did you say, excuse me, did you say short-term vacation rental? <laughs> I'd like to tell you everything I know. So uh, he was excited. Of course, I was excited to chat with you guys. So thank you so much for having us. All right, listeners, that is um, that wraps up this episode. We are so excited that you joined us for another great week. I am Sarah. I am Annette. And together we're Thanks for Visiting. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Thanks for Visiting podcast. Head on over to the show notes for this episode at thanksforvisiting.me. If you're looking to take your listing to the next level and show your guests how much you care, be sure to check out our line of thoughtful hosting products from hosting checklists to custom mugs to toilet paper stickers. We've got you covered. And if you love our show, remember sharing is caring. Please hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. Awesome reviews help us bring you awesome content. Thanks for tuning in. And we look forward to hanging out with you next week. Thanks for visiting.